Hey, hey, I'm your host, Catherine, psychic medium, self-worth coach, and true crime addict. This is not your typical episode. About a year ago, I started doing interviews with serial killers who have passed and are on the other side on a YouTube channel. This was pre-murder and mediumship. I believe it may have slightly overlapped, but a lot of that content on YouTube I realize people don't always like to watch. So what I've done is jack some audio and put it out for you in a way that you can have it in your beautiful little ears no matter what errands you are running for the day. This is an interview with Charles Manson. It's very interesting to do. He was quite the character. Some things you will um, hear referenced in the episode are are things that would be easier to understand if you were seeing them. You will hear some noises of my doggo in the background as I had recorded it in the middle of the day and my children were home making plenty of noise. So you will also hear a couple instances of them trying to break into my office. This was not very professional quality, but it is some really cool content. So over the next couple of months, I will be releasing all of the episodes that I have of these serial killer interviews and a couple of our Patreon exclusive interviews into the show's um, queue or whatever it is in the lineup. So enjoy this. And if you have any requests for episodes like this, I would be happy to field them as I'm also starting to do something slowly implementing that is going to be like a listener request episode. So I'll try to drop them as often as possible and we'll stick to featuring BIPOC cases every single Monday as they come out. And I hope that you guys enjoy this interview. As always, head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and say some really nice words if you feel like it. If you have nothing nice to say, then just click those five stars anyway. I appreciate it helping this to get into the ears of more people And if you would like to be a part of these interviews where you can ask whoever it is that we are channeling or connecting to, then head on over to patreon.com slash Intuitive and join the Patreon so that you can ask questions just like these live during the interview. I love you all. Thank you so much and enjoy the interview. Hello, hello. Welcome back to number three in our series of serial killers. My um, dog goes down here saying hello while we get connected. Um, I wasn't going to do this killer because he technically never physically touched anyone in his killings. And he also was imprisoned for crimes that he didn't physically commit, but that he convinced others to do. So obviously you already read the title. We're talking to Charles Manson today. I do realize he may or may not be considered a serial killer. This is going to depend largely on the way that you feel and identify with this. Um, I will say ahead of time too, I'm doing this interview during the day, hence why I'm in a different room. And also you may hear my children downstairs. I am sorry if that is distracting to you, but mom life, um, it's just the way that it is. Um, okay. So first things first, I have already made um, a connection with him, but I would like to kind of step into his energy a little bit further. So you're going to watch me. This is something I've been trying to do a little bit more and more. So what I'm going to do is kind of invite his energy to be not necessarily like in me, but very close to me. Okay. First off, I do have a lot of questions 
from our TikTok audience to ask. Um, I feel a little dizzy actually. Um, a lot of people wanted to know about your childhood, um, Charles, Charlie. Okay, number one, you've all seen interviews with him. He tends to ramble, right? And he talks in circles. So just off the bat, I feel like we're going to get some, my chair is so squeaky, I'm sorry. We're going to get some interesting um, dynamics here. But when I'm even asking him, like, Charles, Charlie, talk, like, what do you want to be called? And he's saying, it's he's used to being just a number, so a name doesn't really make any difference. Um, Charles, Charles, we can go with Charles. That's fine, sure. Um... This is going to sound a little fucked up, but he kind of like his energy, the way he tells his stories sounds very similar to a family member of mine where his energy just kind of like spits and flows, um, in this, in this way. Okay. So anyway, so a lot of people wanted to know about your childhood and they wanted to know childhood. He's cutting me off. He's like, he's okay. The image I have of him is sitting there. So with seeing others on the other side, the way that it works for me, and it's different for every single medium. I mean, it'll be similar, but it's, it's always a little bit different. I see him sitting there right now and he's like leaned back and like kicked back in a chair and his arms are like, he's going like, well, sure, sure. He's very like laid back right now. He doesn't feel like spun up or anything like that. Um, he says he didn't have a childhood. He was a product of the system. He said, like your husband said last night, two hots and a cop. That's um, a conversation I had with my husband yesterday about how he literally, I always do a little bit of background research into the person who I'm going to connect with. It's not cheating. It's knowing that I am going to make connections and have the knowledge I need to know that I'm connecting to the correct person and that I can ask them more educated questions. Okay. Um, and reading about his his past as a child and as a teen, it is clear that he didn't really have any kind of place to call home where he was super comfortable. He didn't really understand like what family was like. And he very much bounced back and forth between delinquent centers. So what he's showing me, though, is he learned to steal. He learned to rob. He learned to shoot. He learned to run. He learned to do all sorts of things that you don't have to do if you've got a good education. But if you have a good education, you don't need to do things like that. You just go on about living. You go on about living and you do this regular nine to five and you never have to steal a damn thing in your life. But that's not how I was raised. His mama, was she in, was she in, was she in and out of jail? It's so crazy. Like I can hear him going like, whoo. Yeah, she's never home. She's never around. She was never home. She was never doing what she should have done as a mama. She that's right. She was an, an alcoholic, right? I think that's what I read. She drank, I drank, everybody drank that we were around. Drinking alcohol was like drinking water. You just drank it. You woke up, you drank. You woke up drinking, you went to bed drinking. I was put on this earth 
to survive. And that's what I did. I survived. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was a delinquent center or a jailhouse. That's what I was meant to be in. That's what I knew and that's what was safe. There was no other way around that. These people, they don't understand as soon as I was out. Yes, I wanted to be back in. And you don't know that. You don't get that if you're not in a spot where you have experienced that. That was my safe. You have all these people who go off to college and all they want to do is stay in college because that's what they know and they feel safe, right? They feel safe. But when they leave, they don't know what to do. I left, I left jail. I left prison. I went back. I wasn't doing my music, I was doing prison, and most of the time I was doing both. It was as if, like, what I get from him is that there's this sense that, like, there really was no other way for him. Um, but there's a difference, Charles, in doing a lot of prison time and being someone who... Um, being someone who incites hysteria and, and murder like that. He says, you know what I did? I found people who were hurting. I found people who were aching. I found people who were like me, who whether they came from a good thing or not, their hearts were broken. They didn't feel like they belonged and they needed that. And the more that they needed that, the more comfort they found in me. Those fucked up ideas they came with those ideas. I didn't make them think that. I helped them bring it out, maybe. But I didn't plan anything in their heads that wasn't already there. So how did you get them to perform these murders and these heinous acts? I'm getting, like, flashes of him when he was like, ah, during interviews and all that. So it's interesting because I know... He was tested by psychiatrists for mental illness, and I believe they diagnosed him schizophrenic, right? But when I connect to someone who's schizophrenic in my past experience, it's a different feeling than what I get with him. With this just feels like, I feel that he was very smart and that he preyed on the weakness of other people and he allowed them to develop their dark ideas. And he allowed them to kind of steer the ship as far as how far everything would go for them as individuals. But he wasn't necessarily the one who, I was going to say pulled the trigger, but he said, I mean, that's right. I never pulled the trigger, but here I am doing jail time. And I do feel like he feels that he's stuck there, like he's still in prison. That's even on the other side, that's his safe space. I'm going to ask this, but I feel like he doesn't, he's not going to like this question. But Charles, what, um, what made you feel like killing? I told you, I told you. He's essentially, he's like, he's saying he, he didn't kill. He didn't kill anyone. He never actually killed anyone. I feel like a lot of these questions, if I ask them, they're going to send him off. Like, did you feel bad for your crimes or just that you were caught?
Caught doing what? I got caught for plenty of crimes that I did jail time for, and I did my time for them. You know what this was? This was, this was a show. This was something people wanted to tune into, people wanted to watch, people wanted to be a part of. Because it was so different and so crazy, and look at this crazy person. I'm not any crazier. Feels like. Okay, I feel like I'm starting to lose my connection with him, honestly. How did you get to a place that you were so angry, that you had all this anger in you, that you felt you needed to surround yourself with people who would basically bow, bow down to you and treat you like, like a god? Okay. What I see psychically, not like in connection and conversation with him, but as a psychic, what I see is like this, um, this idea of like, he's this big and the rest of the world is this big and everything happened to him, to him, to him over and over. And all of this evil had been perpetrated against him. And I do see... I'm pretty sure he was victimized, like sexually assaulted. I know in his delinquent centers that he was beaten. Um, I do believe he was also assaulted. And the way that this kind of came to me yesterday too, while I was feeling into it, you guys are also going to hear my dog sighing and snoring. I'm so sorry. Um, so he had this, this sense from an early age that learning to control people was the only way to survive. So he would see priests in his first delinquent center and he would see, maybe not first, but one of his early, he would see people using their sexual energy to um, take power over others, whether it was like a molestation or it was like an assault, but it was always justified as a form of discipline. So I feel like what is happening is that this like brutal force of nature came through because it was the only way he knew how to maintain control. And then that energy that he put out attracted all of the people that he needed in his life to keep everything in this state of chaos. Um, I believe he was another broken soul. I don't believe that he was like born to kill necessarily. I think that he, similarly to Eileen, the system failed him. And I, I actually watched an interview with his son yesterday. I can't remember his name, but I watched an interview with his son and who I believe was raised by his mother's parents, um, by his son's mother. So his, his baby mama's parents, I don't know how to say that clearly. Um, and while I was watching that, I could feel Charles saying he was like, because again, I called him in yesterday and then was unable to do the interview. So I had this weird energy of like, okay, do I ask him to go and come back tomorrow? Or what, it, what do you, how is this a normal conversation? Right? So, um, Essentially, 
while I was watching the video of his son, he said, now I could have had a life like that, but that boy knew love. And right now he's saying, that's right. That's right, there's all, that's all there is. The difference in all the world is love. And if I had to be caught up in that goddamn circus, at least I was able to have some fun with it. And he's showing me like different um, interviews where he just would go off and basically my verbiage like dick around because it was a way to still get attention and it would confuse law enforcement and would confuse even the therapist and it would confuse the judges and okay, so what about what about the swastikas and all of that? What about the swastikas and the crosses and attacking your judge? This is where I feel like the like the crazy energy. It feels to me like he doesn't have answers for that. He says, have you ever been in an argument with someone and you know you're going too far and you know you're wrong? Your expectation is so high, you just keep going and going and going. And that's what I was doing. I was going and going and going until the going went too far. And that's what happened. I don't believe that he has any regret necessarily. Other than when you connect his energy to that of his son, it feels like that um, could have had a different life, but didn't know how to live that. Um is there anything you want to let people know about, I don't know, the state of the world or, or what your thoughts are on how everything went down, what people think about you, anything? People think a lot of things about me and most of them aren't true, but they decided it was true. And that's how people are. You decide something's true and you just go with it. Don't let nobody challenge what you think is true. You just keep on believing what's true in your mind. Even if it's not true in my mind, it's true in yours. And that's the truth. Did you tell people that you, that God was your best friend because you created him? He went, ha ha, yeah. Like he literally would say these things just to incite madness. There was no other goal than that. He's showing me like when you have like a kid on a leash, yes, you have the child like within reach of you. They're on a leash. They can only go so far, but they're still steering it, right? So they can like zigzag and do all this crazy shit because they're on the leash. So that's what he's showing me is like maybe the criminal justice system, maybe the media had him on this leash, but he was at the end of it and he was allowing it to zigzag and dog in and out. He pretty much refuses to say that he has any victims. He did what he did and they came along with him willingly. And he doesn't have blood on his hands, he says. Not at least in the way that you all want to say that he does. Thank you, Charles, for being with us today. For letting us in on any inner workings of your mind. Thank you. Okay, so I feel like essentially what we did was give him his soapbox. <laughs> but um, one of the reasons I was inclined to not interview him was because of the heavy 
energy that I thought was going to come with it. But honestly, it was more like a powerful energy. And it was, um, I could very much like feel him like speaking. Um, but it, it wasn't really intimidating. I feel like if you gave him the space to listen, I kind of wonder what his sign is, what, um, his, as long as he was able to have his platform, he was happy. And I believe that what he did to the world was kind of the way that he saw what the world did to him. And again, what I am saying is not necessarily my opinion. It's what I'm feeling and hearing. And your perspective is going to be different from his perspective is going to be different from um, everyone's perspective. Everyone will vary in some way, one way or another. So that is our interview with Charles Manson. I know that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is next up on the list and I will be taking requests. Um, if you do have a personal request, please go to my website. That's it. So thank you guys for tuning in. Like it, subscribe it, share your thoughts below. Good, bad, the ugly, whatever it is you feel inclined to share with us. And thank you guys again for tuning in to Media and Mediumship.